As you can hear, this week we are recording outside, so I apologise for the central London noises. But as Carolyn is almost my neighbour, we just had to do this podcast in person, social distancing, in the garden. Welcome to Everyday Design, the podcast to empower and educate homeowners on how to best deliver your extensional renovation project to make sure the end result is perfect for your lifestyle, personality and taste. Now, this week, we're going to be talking about curtains and blinds from the aesthetic perspective and how. This week, we're going to be talking about curtains and blinds from a technical perspective, so how to fit them, so the sizing fixing and manufacture of them. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm Abigail Hall, technical design expert and consultant to the construction industry. For almost 15 years, I've been delivering very high-end and complex new build and historic renovations with some pretty hefty budgets. I've also undertaken a fair number of my own renovation projects with much smaller and restricted budgets. I've become an expert in how you can use design to enhance your well-being and happiness in your home. And I want to share with you my knowledge, contacts and a few of the lessons I've learned along the way. Each week we talk to a different expert about their product or service so we can learn the technical jargon, the easy mistakes to avoid, the need to's, the nice to's and how to get the finish you want on time and in budget. This week we have back with us her second time on Everyday Design, Carolyn from the Birch House. And as a reminder for those of you who haven't listened to the curtain making podcast Aesthetics, Carolyn is a fantastic curtain manufacturer who lives in my manor round the corner from me. She set up her practice in 2016 and I got to know about her from her Instagram account. And what I love about that account is she showcases the projects she's working on and you can see a lot of the technical detail that she's doing, both her workshop that she works in, her atelier in West London, but also the way she tests the curtains and the blinds, hanging them to make sure they all function completely correctly before she goes and installs them. Now her technical skill, she learned from the Victoria Hammond curtain making course, which she went on shortly before setting up her practice. And she learned all the technical skills of making curtains, blinds, tie backs, pelmets, swags, tails, you name it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to get all the technical elements of your curtains and blinds, that includes your tracks, your poles, weights, tie backs, everything, absolutely perfect. And I'm going to go in straight into the first question. So, Carolyn, curtain rail versus curtain pole, technically, what's better? So, quite a few things to consider when you're choosing track or pole what i would say really is if you want a pole uh, it's it's quite often that's that's your statement that's your that's the look and you need to make sure you have enough space either side for finials you don't want it to look cramped okay there's nothing worse than a pole that is looking like it shouldn't be there yeah or you're trying you're desperately trying to get the curtain to look like it's overhanging not the the window side but the other side of the frame exactly you haven't got in you've got insufficient space there exactly so something to consider tracks much more minimal you know and then you can you know you can have a track you worry about all the the space thing then you can have the pelmets of course to cover the track and and that so that's a consideration 
weight as well weight of the of your curtains if you've got a sheer curtain you know you're not going to have a big chunky pole probably you're going to have something a bit more minimal or a track so i think you know those, those kind of considerations you need to look at and i've also seen there's something that's quite in vogue at the moment which tends to be more in new builds than uh, historic properties which is where you've got what i would call a blind box right there's yeah. a bit of space yeah. so it's normally where you've yeah. got floor to ceiling window yeah um you haven't got that lovely chunky architrave uh, surrounds the window and then a load of wall space before you hit the ceiling, it's almost like you have a little cutout into your ceiling. Yes, exactly. Now, it doesn't feel to me like a pole makes any no, sense in that. you wouldn't put a pole in there. I mean, there's, there's literally no point because you're not going to see it. It's, it's kind of a waste. It's a wasted option. You oh, it's just want be, a minimal track. It's going to be really fiddly to install as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So it's not going to make any sense. No, no sense at all. You'd have a tra- definitely have a track in those situations. That's fantastic. And also thinking about that space between the window in the ceiling sometimes a cornice has been added retrospectively which means actually you don't have that wall space yes and you're ending up trying to put your brackets almost onto the window frame aren't you yes so in that yes. instance that feels to me like probably a, a, a curtain pole can help because the bracket can come out yes yeah definitely i mean it, quite often there's a situation where you don't have much space between a cornice and a window frame and i think just getting it sort of equidistant in between there and a pole is definitely going to is going to help you can i mean a track yeah i mean your track needs to fit somewhere else really it's just the pole would definitely be better in that situation and what i'd say in respect of fixing and we are going to be talking about fixing a little bit later on either whether it is a pole or whether it is a track the fixing we need to make sure that the fixings that you're using are suitable for the material that it's going into hopefully if you're going into an external wall that's going to be plasterboard on top of brick so if you've got someone who's got who's capable of using a drill you can fix into that and that'll be a nice secure fixing for you if you're doing ceiling fixing it's likely that you're just going to be going into plasterboard so you need to make sure that you've got the right fixings for plasterboard which can distribute the weight of the curtain or you're going to have to speak to a carpenter or your fixer about putting a patris in and that's putting in some ply normally or mdf to take the load of your fixing so it's not just the aesthetic there it is also about how you're going to fix it absolutely absolutely and um as we were just saying about ceiling fixes you know in that instance when you've had to put up ply or something like that you're probably going to need to have a pelmet to cover to conceal all of, the to fact conceal that you've done all, all of that, that all that stuff yeah. because um yeah and it's tricky because you know you go into a lot of properties and uh, this is why i quite often take them i fit my fitter with me in the beginning because he's the one who's going to be fitting the tracks the poles and he's the one who has the drilling knowledge i don't, I don't go anywhere near drills and um i know and i agree with you and i and on here on um everyday design we always recommend using experts because my next question was about the preparation work but we've kind of started talking about that Really, what you need to be having is someone going up there who is capable and it's not unreasonable to do little tests, do a little test drill, do a little test cut out of the ceiling to find out what's up there. Because in the best world, you have done your extension or you've done your renovation, you've decided what pole or track you're going to put in and you've designed at the design stage to make sure that you've got the correct material where you're going to put your fixings. But for most of us, when we're doing window dressings, we're pretty much going into the unknown. So that preparation stage is not necessarily the research and the thinking about the pretty curtains. It's prodding your wall and finding out what you can use. I mean, I'll, I'll usually go to do an initial measure up. If I think there's anything strange 
or you know that I just don't can't I'm not confident enough to to talk about you know regarding the fixings then I will get him in and you know he is he's my go-to person and because he's he's the one who's going to be fitting the poles so I can't have him turn up at that point and then he says well actually these walls are not good enough I you know there's much more involved than than you told me or you know so I get him in from the very beginning if there's any chance that it's a more complex job than originally thought and as we always say the sooner the better because the worst case scenario is exactly as you just said there caroline you've turned up on site with your curtains on the assurance that everything's a-okay to install you find out it's not it could be that you end up taking away cutting away some existing plaster that has failed and cracked over Mm -hmm. time yeah that is very, very messy work to redo. It's infinitely better that that work is redone at the point you've got some other plastering happening yep. or you've got some other cutting into the ceiling, perhaps when you're installing lights, for example. Yep. You're doing that at the same time before your beautiful carpet is down and your furniture is in all Absolutely. that dust. So please, don't, you don't need to be scared of it. It's very, very easy to solve if you know what you're doing. But find out sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to talk to you now about electric curtain rails. Okay. (laughs) Is it a naff idea or are they actually really useful if you have lots of windows in the same room? Well, really, horses for courses. I mean, it is a personal preference. You know, some people like gadgets, for example. They like a remote control or they they like to be a bit flash, maybe. Um, So it really, really depends on your personal taste. Um, I just wouldn't dismiss anything as naff because... Your client is your client, and if they like it and they want it, and you can provide it, then exactly, then you know it's not it's not for your living room; it's for theirs. I so, agree with you, know. you completely, and I said that because I think sometimes people can be a bit tongue in cheek about all the gadgets that there are in the home. Yeah, but actually, where I've seen it work incredibly well is if you've bought a property or you're extending your property, doing an extension where you intend to have a huge area of glass. It can be t- quite time-consuming to go around and draw all of your curtains. Well, not only that, the you know the the less your curtains are handled, the, the better. better. You know, it's uh, you really don't want to be. I mean, for a vast expanse of a, of a window, you really wouldn't want to be hand drawing them anyway, just because of your hand on the fabric. The oils in your hand, yes. you know, natural oils in your hand. And you end up touching the same place every time. Exactly. With the best exactly. will in the world, you do. Exactly. And then that is the area that's getting yeah, dirty. Yeah. So, you know, up from that, you'd have a corded one. But then mm. one step up from that, you have an electric one. So, absolutely. If you don't want to spend that time doing, like, six sets of curtains, you know, when the sun goes down, then electric, press a, you know, press a button and, and hey-ho. It's and done. electric works for curtains as much as it does blinds. And yes. the system that I've installed previously for clients, we mentioned it in the aesthetic curtain and blind podcast that we've done previously, is Silent Gliss. They have a very good system. It re- it's 24 volt. Although, have your electrician come in and do this. This is very much something that you would need an electrician to do. So you need a power supply at the point where the curtain is. These curtains can be done via remote control. My recommendation would be, please don't have the remote control. Have the button. And the reason I say that is, we're getting to the point of having too many remote controls in our homes. Oh Yeah, I agree with that. And the last thing that you want when it's something that you're using every day is scrambling around to look for the particular remote control for it. So you can have a button in a quite discreet place. It can be next to your light switches. It could be on the side of a cabinet. Just make sure at the point that you're designing in all of your electrics, that's your small power. So when you're working with your architect and your MEP designer, say to them that you want to have provision for power for electric 
electric curtains or blinds and it's really easy they just put a little few spur in and even if you don't do it immediately it can be done later on down the line so i really encourage you if you even have the inkling that you'd like to do it then i'd put it in there because the cost of running a little bit of cable um, and having a circuit for it is really negligible mm-hmm. and there's something in the build industry that they called future proofing so if you're doing your home extension or renovation and you're thinking actually i am doing this for me and my family but I am thinking about selling this property maybe in a few years time. If you put that cable in, when you come to sell, you're able to say, listen, I don't have electric curtains or blinds, but I've future proofed it, which means there is the capability for someone else to yeah, have it. Yeah, so it's a nice little thing. Absolutely. It's not math. That's no, the point. It no. is something that someone <clears> might <throat> It like. has its place. Definitely. Exactly so. Um, And just make sure when you are choosing it, I mean, I would recommend that you help someone specify it. There are different systems depending on the weight of the curtain. And they're they're very clever and they're very, very well developed. But let go to, I recommend the Silent Gliss website. You can have a look at all their technical. You can have a look at all their technical information. It's very, very easy to consume. Now, talking about curtains now, I want to have really thick, kind of this really thick volume curtain. That's the look that I want to go for. Mm -hmm. Is there a cheat way that I can achieve this look? Or is it simply the quantity of fabric? Um, Well, it is simply the quantity of fabric. You know, choosing the right heading style can make a difference. If you, you know, you want to have, uh, like, for example, a a triple pleat for, if you want volumes, but a triple pleat takes up more fabric. Yes. So, yes, you just have to have more fabric. Um, having your inter- curtains interlined helps because that's sort of pads them out a bit, gives them a beautiful drape um, and, and helps for them to look voluminous. And that has also a, a technical benefit because we haven't yet talked about the thermal benefits yes. of curtains. Yeah. Um, for those of us that have radiators sitting under our windows, which was a necessity because it was counteracting the draft from normally single glazing when a lot of the properties had uh, radiators put under it, you would your curtain was acting like a duvet. It was stopping air yes. coming in. Now, a lot of us are moving towards having um, underfloor heating or perhaps a different system of heating. We no longer need to think about drafts coming in because windows are slightly better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it is still a source of heat leakage. Absolutely. So having an interlined curtain has a bit of a double benefit. It does create that bit of a look of volume, but also it creates it like a duvet. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you can take that even further by a thermal interlining. Um, and that's if you're living in a really drafty, cold property, or maybe, for example, it's your basement or something, you know, that, that then and it that's really a, helps. That's a brilliant idea, especially, for example, you've got, uh, it's a heritage property, and perhaps you're obligated to yes. maintain the crittle windows or the original sashes with a single glazing absolutely, that's there. Absolutely, yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about interlining, I mean, there are different um, weights so, you know, you uh, um, and I use all the different weights for different things. So you've got a lighter weight, a, um, a heavier weight, and then you move on to the sort of thermals and the bump ones, which are just, you know, more suitable for bigger windows, bigger curtains. Um, but there's something out there for every style of curtain, really. So if you've got a specific technical need, have the conversation with your curtain manufacturer Absolutely. and see what's available on the market Absolutely. to, to yeah. work for that. Yeah. Um, coming on to the length of the curtain... What, how do you work out the ideal length? Well, so there's length and there's length. So there's, you know, most most curtains, most windows benefit from a floor length curtain. Um, you don't see sill length curtains around that these days. It feels so very much. dated now. Very, very dated. Although I do still see it. Um, but interestingly, I see it most 
you don't see it in London very much okay. at all. Um, so silhouette curtains are not very popular these days. So when you talk about floor-length curtains, there's a variation in in what you can have. Some people like it to just meet the ground exactly, um, you know, and that's uh, opens and closes, and there's nothing draping on the floor. Uh, then alternatively, and what is pretty much, I would say, most popular is where you have a break on the floor, a couple of centimeters. So when it when they are drawn back, they sit the little kick, like a, like in a men's suit trouser. Yeah. Little, you know, there's a little break there, um, and it just it, 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 I think it looks lovely actually um, and then you can have the, the curtains puddled you know where you might have 10 centimetres or more even depending on the kind of curtain that kind of drapes on the floor which is beautiful but it has to be dressed and it has to be styled um, so you can't just open and close your um, curtains you know you have so to so from a practical perspective and from a technical perspective, yes. those are the, the least user-friendly. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they, they look fantastic, but they may not be that practical. I would say for a, for a room that has a heavy footfall or curtains that are being used a lot, you would want it probably to just come to the floor. Then it's easy opening, easy closing. And the one thing I'd say about that little kick, and this is something, I don't know whether we should say this, but it's a reality, so we're going to. Curtain fabric, especially the heavier fabrics, can stretch yes. over time, can't yes. they? Yeah. So if you've designed it to be millimetre perfect to sit above your floor, there is a chance that in six a year, months, a year's time, yeah. that actually those curtains are now not a millimetre above the floor. Absolutely. They're actually sitting slightly on the floor. Yeah. So if you've designed them already to sit like that with a little kick, it stretching another centimetre... You don't notice it, do you? You're not you're not changing the look of it. Yeah, exactly. And that must be frustrating for you as a curtain manufacturer, where if you're getting to the point of this millimetre perfect, you know they're going to be calling you back in a year's time saying, my curtains aren't millimetre perfect anymore. Exactly, exactly. And you know, fabric is a... It's like a living being. It just it, changes. It's, it's woven. It's not solid. Exactly. And the weather, you know, the weather can change it. The winter, the summer can change it. You know, whether someone's had it cleaned or not. Yeah. I mean, there are so many factors and it's it's like working with a sort of living being. Um, really <laughs> I, I never thought of my curtains as yeah, living well, beings. Exactly. I hope I'm going to be able to sleep well tonight. <laughs> until my curtains don't come again. I treat my curtains well. I think they'd like me if they were a living being. It's okay. Now, talking about quantities of fabric required. So I had estimates where it's been kind of more than 20 meters for mm-hmm. what i think of as a pretty standard window right this seems like an awful lot of fabric it is well it is a lot of fabric uh, as you say it seems like a standard size of window but the heading style required the width of your chosen fabric along with whether it's a plane or a pattern these these factors all affect how much fabric you need i use a standard calculation that takes into account the fullness of the curtains but bear in mind you need extra for example, extra 30 centimetres minimum to take into account headings, hems, and so it all adds up. I mean, the calculation can be tweaked somewhat to save on, fab- to, to save on fabric cost. You know, if you're working on a two and a half times your window or 2.25, if it kind of just goes over into another width of fabric, you can tweak that. You don't need that extra width of fabric, you know. Um, and the, the other thing to consider is if you've got patterned fabric, you've got a pattern match. I have to pattern match Just that. like wallpaper. Exactly. Same thing. And that can create a lot of wastage, can't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And it depends whether you have got a regular pattern repeat or a half-drop pattern repeat, which is everybody's worst nightmare, curtain maker's worst nightmare. Um, and so you end up having to cut it. You know, and, and as you say, there can be a lot of waste, depending on the pattern, the kind of pattern. 
so it can become so expensive. what I'm hearing is actually it's not unreasonable to have 20 plus meters of fabric not in the for a curtain. and so when I'm going and I'm looking in independent fabric store looking online and I'm seeing fabric that can be 100 and 120 pounds a meter yeah I need to be aware that it is not going to be a few meters it's going to be multiples of 10 yes, probably absolutely um, absolutely and there are ways of if you really fall in love with a fabric mm-hmm. you could talk to your curtain manufacturer about perhaps just doing a, an, an edge trim in that if yes. really it's prohibitively expensive absolutely okay now i've heard curtains should have weights in them yeah should they and how do you calculate how much weight to use for the most part, yes. All I would say all lined or interlined curtains would have weights in them, um, just to make them hang well. And the weight I use is standard weight, so I don't know what the actual weights weigh, <laughs> um, but they are little fabric-covered weights. Yes. And I use, usually use them at the corners of curtains and then like halfway along a width of fabric. Um, so you know, you may have three or four weights in each curtain and it just makes the corners hang nicely it makes the whole curtain hang nicely and the pleats hang well exactly so, so. Yeah. and the only thing i'd add there is in a very special circumstance where you have a particular window or door that you often keep open and here i'm talking um, to anyone who is listening who perhaps has a holiday home and is thinking about doing an extension or renovation of that mm-hmm. because very rarely in the uk despite today we're sitting outside <laughs> and it's absolutely beautiful with our wonderful ambient noises that we're getting from sitting outside very rarely in the UK do we have windows or doors open if you are intending to dress a a door or a window that you keep open there it's worth mentioning that to your uh, curtain manufacturer because there the weighting can be increased to stop you having that curtain just continually billowing into the room that's probably the only technical exception that I would make where you would what I would call overweight a curtain exactly to exactly. allow for that yeah yeah um, and even even I mean even sheer curtains especially sheer curtains actually we, what we use is like a, a weighted tape mm. like a, a it's almost like a thin rope it's like a, yeah curtain. right yeah, yeah rope yeah. exactly that um you know because otherwise they would be billowing all over the place so that's that's kind of handy unless you're having them pulled on the floor but if you're having them floor length they definitely need a weight in to hold yeah. just to hold the shape really yes Unless you want them billowing. There's a, there's a, them. There is a lovely scene in uh, The Great Gatsby where it's part of it's part of the drama that they have these French windows in their house on, uh, I think it's Long Island, and they're all open and the the, the curtains, the really sheer voils, are yes. blowing into the room and it's like some magical, yes. wondrous thing. Let me tell you, if that was your house, they would get knotted, they would <laughs> knock everything over, it would be the most annoying thing. Exactly. Good for yeah. a Baz Luhrmann movie, not uh, good for real life. Exactly. There we go. See, we cover off we cover <laughs> off reality and fantasy in one thing. Thinking about blinds now, because we've been talking about curtains quite a lot, should blinds sit kind of within the reveal of the window, or should they be on the outside? So kind of from the from the the frame that surrounds the window mm-hmm. inside, or, mm-hmm. or or inside. What's your mm-hmm. recommendation? Uh, there's no real rule on it. It depends on the use of the blind and the window in question. Um, <clears throat> For example, you may have a dress blind, no, not a dress blind, you may have a, a multi-layered curt- window dressing. So you may have a blind and then you may have curtains. So you may have a blind within the mm. reveal and then curtains. Or you may have a roller blind within the reveal, reveal. and then a Roman blind on the outside. So, so many different options. And it really depends on, on each situation. So a blackout Roman blind 
you might want it within and you literally have to make it to half a half a centimeter shorter smaller yes. so so you can still work it but it has but the light the can't get around whereas if you have it on the outside you're always because of the 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 depth of the headrail you're always going to have a gap of maybe three or four centimeters at the side so you're going to have light coming around there so so many different options and it's just it's firstly what the client wants what the function of the blind is and um and, and what you think from your from one sort of expert opinion what's going to look good yes again and it sounds to me like have the conversation with your expert a- manufacturer they'll be able to advise you based on not just the style you're looking for yeah. but also your very precise needs as you said yes. there with the blackout now i have got an issue that people can see into my house from the road what are the window dressing options which will let light in but stop snooping Yes, you want to stop stop yeah. snooping, especially if you have such a wonderful sitting room as you do. You kind of don't want everybody looking, looking in, in there, seeing all my secrets, seeing all your nice stuff, and then you know, um, yeah, exactly, coveting it. Yes. So I would say, you know, quite a lot of options really. Um, sheer, you can have. So shears are just brilliant. So whether they're part of a multi-layered curtain, or whether they are. Um, part of it you, you could have a sheer roman blind for example so sheer curtain sheer roman blind sheer roller blind you know there's and there's different levels of sheer isn't there of, of how much light they let in some that are almost almost um transparent but just yeah. a little little yes. bit to them yeah. Yeah. to the ones that are quite opaque but still a surprising amount of exactly. light comes in exactly and often they will say about how much percentage light yes they yeah. let in yeah. so you can and you can look at them test them at home get some little exactly examples. yeah well i was i had a client in kensington last year back in white Ballatown hall and they their kitchen where i was doing the blinds for was in the basement and that so they were constantly looked down into i do that i look street. into people's oh, yeah yeah, yeah me, too. Oh, I love it. me too because their ground floor is like raised raised floor. yes but anyway so so we got the fabric and i took loads of samples over and i literally stood on a ladder holding it up against the window while they went outside oh perfect and, and uh, you know so there's so many there's so many options out there and you just have to You've got to test it. Just see yes. what works for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, another option is sheer, like, privacy panels can be, like, half a window, you know, just the bottom half. That can be perfect. Uh, absolutely perfect. And I've done a lot of those around here, actually, and, and they're really easy to make. And they're part, of a, they're part of a bigger window dressing picture. Yes. The other things that I cover off there, because I agree with you, the snooping, it, there's a combination of safety, which is absolutely logical. Mm-hmm. We don't want to make available if we, we've got the laptop <clears> sitting <throat> there or the phone sitting yeah. there. It's those opportunity thieves. And sadly, we live in a world where that exists. But it's also your own privacy. This is We always talk about the space being your sanctum sanctorum, that you don't achieve that level of happiness and calmness if every time you look around, someone's peering into your house. Exactly. I've noticed quite what's in vogue is louvers, yeah. shutters. Shutters, like plantation shutters. Yeah, they're, they're very much in vogue right now. Mm. Um, what I would say about those is is it is quite a strong look that we are seeing everywhere. I think it might be a little bit overdone. But of course, if it's your preference, it's your home. And remember, they're, they're great because you can block out the light. However, the level of light they actually allow in, even when fully open, is limited. You have to fully, fully fold them back open yes. and then you lose any of the privacy and also you have it the, you have an issue with bay windows with open the, I think the hinging a, of them the, the movement of them onto yeah, each other because I, I come across quite a lot that they are fixed mm. and you can't you know you can't actually 
open you can yeah. open the slats but you can't actually yeah. open the blinds and themselves. if you're working with an architectural interior designer and your curtain maker they will think about the appropriate solution for you for each of the windows and the very particular need yes absolutely. so i'm not discounting it yes they, i think yeah. some of them are fantastic mm-hmm. in kitchens they wipe down brilliant yes. yeah but I, I i wouldn't personally recommend that no. for your for your main living room well i well, well on, on the subject of like how popular they are mm. at the moment it's a little bit like the wooden um, Venetian blinds yes. that were, I mean, that they are still very popular, but particularly, I would say about 20 years yes. ago, they were everywhere. I mean, I had some, yes. I mean, you know, and that, that was the thing to have. Habitat, bamboo, those slatted blinds, yes. I agree with you completely. Yeah, yeah. Horrible dust traps. Yes, absolutely. Mine were always filthy. <laughs> I know. And so easy to break. Yes. People didn't realise how they were. Although there is that quite satisfying thing where you split them apart with your fingers to have a little bit of a look yes. through. It's felt like I was in a movie. I'm talking about movies a lot today. I'm in a movie. And the other thing I'd say is window frosting. It's not something that your 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 curtain supplier manufacturer would supply to you, but you can do something called window etching, window frosting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a film that you apply. It can be done at home. You spray a little bit of water onto the window and use your credit card and just smooth it on. Please, whatever you do, don't use the etching spray because that is more permanent. You can get it off, but you're having to scrape it off. Um, it can come off glass, but it struggles to come off your window surround, your timber, your UPVC or your metal. So my recommendation is use that etching. Um, you can yes. get it off Amazon. John Lewis sells it. I'm sure Dunham sells it. So that's another really quick and easy application. Absolutely. And I just think there's a there's a there is there's a place for all of these options. Yes. You know, it's a I think it's um it would be remiss to discount these things exactly and say, oh so. no no that's not for me because and actually you know it can work in many different scenarios and a really credible designer and manufacturer that you're working with will say exactly that will say yeah it's not about me selling you another layer of blinds actually yes. yeah yes. go for that yes. and frankly you might that might cost you 10 pounds and the yes. money you've saved on a blind you didn't need you can spend yeah. on the pelmet or the header yes, or the bit exactly. of trim that you exactly. thought you can do. It's afford. like we talked about earlier about the uh, when you know the, the fabulous outfit. You know every item does not need to be a one designer you know. top top. Yeah. Tell me, are there any window dressings which you think are unsuitable for residential use? I'm not a fan of vertical blinds. I'm, I'm with you on. Ab- I'm with I you can't on this. Bear them. I really can't bear them. So, are they unsuitable? If it's your pre- preference. They're not unsuitable, but I just think they are absolutely awful for homes. You know, they are, they're bad enough in offices, but um, definitely I wouldn't put one in a home. And, and I would agree with you there. Now, talking about things that aren't, suit- aren't suitable, are there any kind of fabrics which can't be used for window dressings? Um, well, I think one that springs to mind straight away is a high percentage, high percentage polyester fabric. Yeah. They just don't hold the folds well. Um, You know, they spring out. So you're never going to achieve that beautiful dressed curtain look with a polyester Mm. fabric. You know, you might have made it beautifully and your pleats are all done, you know, they look amazing at the top. But those those pleats are there to have a fold that runs all the way Mm. down the curtain right to the ground. And that's not going to happen with high percentage polyester. Yes. It's just, they just bounce out. It's like a puffball skirt. Absolutely. Just becomes this big shape. It's just a swathe of material, exactly of so. fabric at the bottom. So that's yes. not going to work. Um, and then also really loose weave fabrics. Um, just the problem with those is that they can stretch 
So, you know, you may have measured and measured and measured before you cut and just checked everything as we all do. Um, and then you go to hang them and they are like four centimeters too long. And, you know, I have this with a silk as well. And I literally six centimeters, it gains six centimeters in being made. And so, of course, you, you have know, to redo have, it. I had to, I, you have yes. to redo it. And it's not just a case of just redoing the hem. You've got the lining and the yep. interlining and everything that goes on inside a curtain to alter. So, exactly. So, you know, I, it's, dif- it's difficult. But, yeah, loose weave fabrics, certain silks and, you know, certain linens, loose weave linens can be tricky. And what I'd say here, my recommendation is if you're going to go and buy the fabric yourself or if you're going with your curtain maker, all fabrics have classifications. Yes. Curtain, um, fabrics are either for dress fabrics and here we are in West London, there's a road called the Goldhawk Road and almost every town has got the kind of the fabric road. Yeah. A lot of the fabric that you'll find in those kind of shops are dress fabrics. They're not really suitable for uh, for window dressings. Mm. What you're looking for is what is classed as a, a curtain fabric. They might class it as an upholstery fabric yeah. and it's got really usefully little pictures on no different from your dry cleaning or your do not tumble dry kind of logos yes, yeah it'll have a picture of curtains that means that fabric has been designed to be used for curtains and where i've seen it go wrong is where someone has bought a fabric and i've seen this beautiful raw silk fabric yep. that i imagine was probably designed for maybe a lenga or a sari mm-hmm. and it's been used for the curtains and let me tell you it looked fantastic fell apart <coughs> like dust sunlight just ate through it it Mm. wasn't suitable and you spent all of that money on the fabric and the manufacture and the fitting for it just to fall apart so absolutely make sure you're technically using the right fabric and if in doubt ask exactly from the person you're buying it from go back to the original manufacturer and check yes yeah definitely definitely i mean because because fabric that is designed for curtains and blinds upholstery all these factors have been taken into account and the weave is such that it won't well, firstly, there's the strength of it. It's not going to fall mm. apart. Um, but the weave is such that it's hopefully not going to stretch. Yeah. And if you have something that you absolutely adore, perhaps you can talk to your curtain manufacturer about it being a little decorative trim, something. Uh, yes, exactly. If you've got a bit of antique lace or something you want to put on the side. Exactly. You know. Use it in a different Use it in a different use it way. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Again, these curtains, you're spending so much money on it, you don't want to do it twice. Can any curtain or blind be made into blackout? Or if I want blackout curtains and blinds, does it actually restrict my choice? Um, well, most curtains can be made with blackout lining, although I need to point out that it's very difficult to block out all light unless you want to break up your windows. Um, <laughs> That's a valid point. It's really <laughs> difficult. And I, I think a, a lot of people have um, a misconception that they think blackout actually gets rid of mm. all light, and that yes. is really hard to achieve. I mean, pelmets help with the light seepage from the top or having your curtains returning to the wall at the sides is, it helps a great deal. In respect to fabrics, most fabrics are suitable, except those that are very lightweight, um, because your blackout lining is quite heavyweight, so it's the look isn't good. You, well, you're going to lose the look of the fabric mm, yes. as well. Another thing to remember when you're using blackout lining is, if you're not going to see anything through it, you also lose the weave. You lose and the kind of the detail of the, the fabric. The detail of the fabric, and you know which. When you're looking at a fabric, you might think, oh, I love this, the weave is so beautiful. If there's no light coming through it, you lose that and you have a... It can look very bland and cheap. And flat. Well, flat, flat, really. Um, But, of course, if you want blackout lining, yes, have it. You need a medium to heavyweight fabric to go with it, and you're probably going to have interlining as well. You can get fabrics that are blackout or dim out treated, but for the most part, they're for commercial settings. 
um, and they can and they're probably going to be a relatively limited range choice yeah, available yeah, to you yeah. okay and it sounds to me also if you really are adamant about trying to reduce the light as much as possible layers build yes. up build up layers yes. because yes. if each one is letting in a little bit of light yes. by using multiple versions but Absolutely. as you say, the effect of that can be quite heavy and quite flat yes, at yeah, the end of yeah, the day. Yeah. I mean, for example, you know, you could have a blackout roller blind mm-hmm. uh, or Roman blind, and then you could still have the beautiful curtains that you want that are not blackout. Yes. So you so you have the option there. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic advice. Now, I'm quite um, fire safety conscious. Do I need to consider anything when it comes to blinds or curtains? Well, for your home, um, currently in the UK, there are no fire safety regulations. That's exactly right. There's no requirements for fabrics um, to be treated that are curtain fabrics. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's only for commercial settings. Although you can have your fabric treated, there are companies where you can send your fabric off and they will um, treat it with a fire resistance spray, I think it is. That's right. And um, Envirograph is a product that you can buy, you can have it applied for you, you can apply it yourself. The one thing that I would say is, this situation for me only occurs if you've got curtains which are close to an open fire mm-hmm. or in your kitchen. Yes. Now, your curtain manufacturer probably won't be advising you to have very he- heavy curtains in your kitchen because they will absorb the smell practically. Absolutely. They're not yeah. really suitable. Your curtain manufacturer also shouldn't advise you to have huge heavy curtains right by your fireplace. Definitely. I'd be surprised if there is a fireplace right next to a window. but uh, Yes, it, yeah. I, it doesn't usually happen. But it's possible that during your extension or renovation, because of modifications you're making, you install a window there. Now, what I would say is fire treatment, and there are fabrics that you can buy, um, as Carolyn has said, that is pre-treated. Again, it has a label that talks about its fire safety. But all it's doing is it's stopping the spread of flame. That means that if you hold a, um, a lighter up against it, it's not to say that it won't burn. It's to try and reduce the speed that the flame moves across the fabric. Because you can imagine in those those horrible setups where they did chips and fires oh my it was goodness, often yeah. it, it got into let's say the sofa onto the carpet and then the the, the curtain would be the thing that spread it up into the ceiling Absolutely, yes, yes it does not make them fireproof no so no. actually our recommendation is if you've got any fabric that is near open flame just remove it get rid of it completely Definitely. and finally where can we find some more information about you carolyn well thanks abby you can find me on instagram birch house and facebook again under the birch house For more information on today's show, any links we've mentioned, or to find other episodes, go to the website eddpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eddpodcast. And please subscribe and rate this podcast as it helps other homeowners learn how to design their happiness. Thank you for listening. I've been Abigail Hall and this has been Everyday Design.